What's up, everyone? Welcome to the men's show here at Awaken Catholic. Today, we are talking about Santa Claus and how we can uh, do a good job of, of exercising the, the traditions and, and the fun stuff related to Santa Claus for Christmas and Advent as Catholics, as Christians. It's all coming up right after this. Welcome to the Men's Show on Awaken Catholic. If you want to support this show and other shows like it, uh, you can do that by going to awakencatholic.org slash donate and make a one-time donation or even better, become part of the Awaken Nation by making a monthly donation. And that is how this studio runs and makes shows like this and keeps them coming to you. So any little bit you can give helps. That's an awesome way that you can help us out. You can also help us out by downloading the Awaken app. You do not get this through the app store, but by going to theawakenapp.io. It's a free app. We got a growing community of awesome people when we discuss the shows you can talk to show hosts suggest ideas talk about past episodes all those things is great and if you are part of that awakened nation by making a monthly donation you get access to premium content through the app you get presentations from people like me and some of the other hosts here and some of the other presenters um, that you can't get anywhere else another way you can support us and help your own prayer life is by downloading the hallow app through our link go to hallow.app slash awaken and that's a free app but if you go through our link you get a free month of premium and that also helps helps us out um, financially. Uh, this is an awesome app. It will change your prayer life. If you're struggling to fit prayer into your life, you can do it in the car. You can do it while you're exercising in the shower. If you have a phone that'll not melt in the shower, um, you can <laughs> you can do it. Um, my wife loves to do the rosary and the daily readings. I love to use it for uh, the exam and lots of us use it. It's changing prayer lives all over the world. Get that free month of premium. Go to hallow.app slash awaken. And as always, uh, another easy way to help us is if you like this show, give us a like, a subscribe, hit that bell on YouTube. Um, you know, any way you can share this with people, a rating, a review, talk to us in the comments, all that stuff helps get this show in front of more people. Um, so thank you so much for your support. Man, Mr. Tenney, I hope Nailed one it. day to be as cool as you. I hope you one day to be as cool as you. Stop. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, welcome, welcome everyone to the men's show. show. Uh, before we get into the topic, let's kind of go around and introduce ourselves. Uh, I am Mike Tenney. I'm host of Pop Culture Catechism here at Awaken Catholic, and I am a Catholic speaker and worship leader and stay-at-home dad. You can find uh, more about me at MikeTenneyMusic.com. And I am Nick Delatore, and I am the president of Awaken, but I also host the Awaken Catholic Show. Uh, not to imply that it's the definitive Awaken Catholic Show it amongst is. many great ones, but there it is. Uh, Peter Range, and I run the uh, Catholic Citizen here at Awaken Catholic. Uh, John Mark Grodi, my wife and I host Elevate Ordinary here on Awaken Catholic. I work for the Coming Home Network, and I have five children. Children. <laughs> Child people. Child type things. Crumb crunchers. Yes, crumb crunchers. Okay. Uh, I'm Rob Holler. I am a husband and a father, and I still don't have my own show. <laughs> so, maybe this is secretly your show, Rob. This, 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 is, Rob show. Behind it, secretly. this is your world. We're just living in it. Yeah, oh, that's wow. Right. Great. Um, <laughs> this is a nightmare. So uh, I want to kick off today's topic. Uh, we're going to be talking about Santa Claus. Um, and uh, kind of a lot of things that kind of, you know, roll out from that. But the reason that this is, um, I think, a topic that I wanted to bring to this, because uh, my wife and I were talking to someone years ago, and I always, we, we wrestled with, like, what are we going to do, you know, when we have kids one day? And we wrestled with this question of, like, how are we going to approach this topic? Um, which, by the way, if you have kids and this is a topic that you don't want them to hear be addressed from the standpoint from which we do 
topics here. Um, don't let them listen. Put on some earbuds. Is this a parental wait. advisory it's warning? It's kind of a parental advisory. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, because of the content? Because of the content. Yeah. Not that it's explicit content, but sure. that it is potentially dangerous to whatever. Or maybe not, depending on how we decide today. It's true. It's yeah. true. We'll, we'll see where this goes. So years ago, early in our marriage, my wife and I were talking to somebody um, that we really respect. And um, we were talking about, you know, different parts of like childhood trauma and, and uh, the dynamics between parents and children. And one of the things that he presented to us is this notion of um, being able to say to his children, I have never lied to you about anything. And how much that um, lends itself to the child's trust of the parent, of the different types of things the parent would present to the kid uh, across different issues. Um, even, you know, but though, like, parents talking to kids about children, uh, or excuse, excuse me, parents talking to kids about Jesus, um, sharing the faith, and not confuse. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here, but I, we just came away from that conversation really feeling like, that is a very interesting notion that even if it seems like there there might not be any damage done or you know it's it's a fun thing like do we need to be intentional do we need to avoid fun things like santa claus um bec because of any potential risk of the child's trust in us uh being confused so that's yeah. kind of the impetus for bringing this um, and it's something that like every family kind of approaches this a little bit differently. Um, so, uh, you know, coming away from that in our family, in our household, we don't do the Santa Claus thing um, mm -hmm. in the way of, you know, like, hey, Santa Claus is going to bring you presents. Like we actually joke about it with our kids and it's, mm -hmm. it becomes a fun thing that way. But it's fun for us in the light of truth rather than in this question of is it real, you know? Um, and so, you know, to the extent that like we have explained to them clearly, it's based on St. Nicholas and, and there's a lot of truth in that. And we talked to them about who St. Nicholas is, but we explain like he's in heaven now. He's not here on earth giving presents to children. That's mommy and daddy's job. Um, and so, you know, thus he's dead, uh, dead and fully alive in heaven. Yeah. Yep. And so, um, What's funny is uh, two Christmases ago, my daughters were just super rambunctious Christmas Eve. It was getting to be like 11 p.m. They still weren't sleeping in their room, making tons of noise. And I, I walk up there and I open the door and they freeze like deer in the headlights, you know, mm -hmm. and like if by freezing, I'm not going to see that they're awake. And, and I'm just like, girls go to sleep or Santa's not going to give you any presents. And Lucia, like in a horror movie, she just like turns her head and she's like, Santa's dead. <laughs> what the heck? But it's become like this really, really fun dynamic because it's rooted in the truth of, of what is going on there. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that. That's my position. That's kind of where we are coming at it. Um, but I want to wrestle with this because if we're not doing it the right way, obviously it's too late for us, but it might not be too late for you. So. <laughs> well, I, I think one, I, so. It's start, I think it's helpful sometimes to look at the extremes and then work our way inward to find the ordered balance in the middle. Yeah. On the one hand, I agree with, and I'm totally on board with, like, I do want to be able to say to my kids, I have never lied to you. Mm. That's not something I do. When I tell you something, I mean it. Okay. Now, I think there's some nuance there in the sense of, I don't, I can plead the fifth occasionally, mm -hmm. or I can, or like when the kid asks, am I getting X, Y, or Z for my birthday? I can say, eh, we'll see, you know, mm -hmm. like, I don't have to answer them. So I think there's some nuance there, but 
like I too am attracted to the idea. Like I think it's right. And I, and I think it's a, a point of trust in terms of parenting that I want to be able to say that to my kids as well. That's been a point of my parenting. But it might be also help, helpful on the other extreme before we necessarily get to our views is like, what are the extremes in society that we probably all disagree with in terms of this issue? Like the way that Santa Claus is portrayed. Like, again, there's some nuance in my household in terms of how we have fun with this mythos, this mythology, this legend, you know, around the very real figure of St. Nicholas. But on the other hand, still, I think a lot of what society does, and I'm sure people agree me with me on this, is just stupid. Uh, in fact, I like to call it the Santa cult. You know, mm-hmm. you get around, you know, Christmas time and you don't have religious movies. You don't have mu- uh, uh, music out there about the nativity. You have a bunch of this bizarre Santa cult uh, fiction. You know, you have these movies where the whole point of this movie is that you just got to believe in this thing that we all know is not true. Right. You just got to believe because without that, there's nothing left to Christmas. Christmas has no meaning. If you not believing in Al- Santa Claus, the Christmas well, spirit, there's, I can oh, name yeah. 10 movies like that. But <laughs> he really is treated like a deity to be mm-hmm. worshiped or, yeah. you know, well, and and when he, you say cult, you don't mean like secret society of controlling people, a cult of personality, cult of personality. But what's interesting is because what the way that yeah. the culture portrays, um, that relationship of believers to Santa Claus is what the culture assumes is the relationship between Christian believers and their God. And that's a big issue with the Santa Claus cult, as I like to say, is the sense of that, you know, they, again, they see Christians in the same, the same light that, oh, we all kind of know that we don't really know if he's true. We don't know, but we just got to believe because there'd be nothing left if we stopped believing. And that's just not at all mm-hmm. a characterization of what religious faith is and means. So again, maybe just starting there with like, I think a lot of what is done in the name of Santa Claus or about Santa Claus and culture is really stupid. You know, that kind of stuff. What, what if it's me, oh, what if it's like a mixed bag? You know, what if there's some good things in well, there? There's always a mixed bag, certainly. You know, but okay. I want to separate between some of this stuff. Yeah, you know? I, I had a very similar experience to to you, Nick. I have some some older brothers. It's nice when you're the younger brother who has their kids last, is because you get to learn from the victories and mistakes of your of your older siblings and, and their children. Mm-hmm. So um, I got to see my older brothers the way that they did Christmas and Santa and. It was something that my brother said that really changed my thinking on it is like, you know, we put so much effort into, like you said, like believing in Santa and, you know, there's elves and elf on the shelf even and, and, and all these different things. And we, 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 we hide the presents and we, we sign them from a different name. There's just so much that goes into it. And he says, but do we put that much effort into Christ, which is Christmas? And he's like, Christmas already has real magic to it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. why don't we focus on that as much? And so he does, you know, on the, on the, uh, the epiphany of the feast of the, uh, the, when the wise men bring, um, gifts to Jesus, like that's a huge thing in their house and they dress up like the wise men. They parade around the house and play music. And, um, the first thing they do on Christmas before they, they receive gifts, they, uh, they read the scriptures, they put Jesus in the manger. Um, you know, they go to church, um, and they, and, and the gifts is about giving gifts, not about receiving gifts. And so instead yeah. of taking turns, opening gifts, they take turns giving gifts. So who do you want? to give a gift to next who do you want to give a gift oh, to next so cool. yeah it's so yeah, cool nice. um and so that that has formed my thinking and, and also like i was one of those kids who i believed way longer after i should than i should have like i was way too old to still be believing in santa and i was like reading books where they talked about when they didn't believe in santa anymore and i was like well, wait a minute you know and even though i, I kind of knew when like i finally learned from my parents and my older brothers it still kind of like broke my heart and, I, and i've known uh, former students like that i've had nieces, nieces and nephews who have uh, i actually spoiled 
Santa for, for some of my nephews. Sorry, guys. Um, and it was kind of tra- traumatic for them. And it was kind of traumatic for me. Um, and I, I almost feel like in some ways we're by if we overemphasize Santa to the exclusion of Christ, we're almost setting up our kids to be future ex Catholics. Yes. You know, we're almost setting them out to be future ex believers where you believe this when you were young. Cause how many people do we know that grew up in the church, but now they're like, Oh, I outgrew that. Like I have, I have, I understand that that was just a myth to help me learn about loving people, but I don't need to go to church anymore. I don't really need Jesus was a historical figure. That's the crucial issue for me is the, the, the parallels between the Santa mythos and what we know to be true about God is so it's way too, there's too much overlap between mm-hmm. the two stories. Mm-hmm. There's this uh, jolly man with a beard in the North Pole in this place that you'll never actually get to see. Um, and and he's real, but you'll never actually see him. And he gives you things and he knows when you've been nice and he knows when you've been naughty and you'll p- get punished or blessed based on your behavior. And there's this God in this heaven that you'll never see while you're here on earth that you can't actually see, you know, he's got a beard and bo- both the old version of him and the young version of him have a beard. And like, you know, he's, he knows when you've been nice, he knows when you've been naughty and you'll get punished or blessed based on your behavior. And then all of a sudden, maybe when you're between seven and 10 years old, maybe a little bit older, Older, oh, one of these stories is total bullcrap, uh, but definitely believe this other one. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, it's like we are setting them up to question these stories that we tell them when we could instead, um, like, why should they believe this other um, story when the other one is so similar? And we're like, oh, but carpet, you know, out from under you, either because we told you or your, you know, your peers did. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much overlap that it just becomes so dangerous. And there is so much magic in the incarnation and and in the the nativity and like I, I just think it does take away from the focus and I love what your brother does and I totally want to adopt that um, I'm really excited to to try to do that actually so so I I guess I'm a little bit of a I don't say I'm not on the other side so I think there's a lot of beauty in the in Santa in terms of you know, explaining mystery or inviting people into mystery. I think there's a huge problem, though, when it is divorced from, you know, mm-hmm. the ultimate purpose of Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's not subordinate. You know, one of the most, uh, I don't know, the things that I appreciate most ornaments is the Santa kneeling before mm-hmm. Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as long as we're able to be able to do that and put Christ first, I think Santa can be used as a tool appropriately in a way to invite children into mystery, but it must be subordinate to the purpose and meaning of Christmas. And if it's not, you know, we have what our culture has, you know, we have Santa and no Christ. Yeah. I think that it's a crucial distinction here that we want to make the word believe is used and abused in many different ways. You know, there's a great, if you want to dig into, you know, the, the the aspects of what the word belief means, Joseph Pieper's book on the theological virtues is a good place to start some short tracks on analyzing the different ways we use this term that are bizarrely different from one another. You know, and one of my big problems with the, the, the muddiness of this, as you guys were talking is that again, the, Part of the issue is here is there's this weird obsessive emphasis on you just got to believe in this thing that we the parents know or, or don't know is true, don't believe is true. And then that is assumed to be the same relationship that we actually have in Christianity between uh, ourselves and our God. That's not what religious faith is like. like I, have in, I have experienced Christ. I have come to know him. I can uh, encounter God. Like that is part of my proposal. When I, when I offer 
the gospel to my children saying, no, I have met God in, in this mysterious way. In my heart, I have encountered Christ. And I, I want you to believe in that because on my testimony, uh, like this is something I really do believe is true. That's, that's so weirdly different than what's portrayed in like the Santa Claus movies where it's like, it's this weird game. We have to just keep them believing because what happens if they don't believe? Well, then the Christmas spirits died. Then they won't be good. Then all these things will happen. They'll lose hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of my great concerns is that that conception of what belief and faith are, are so easily and transferred over into our understanding of what religious faith are. But, but Rob, you brought up a good distinction here, which is I, th- I think again, in the context of, of taking really seriously what we mean by religious faith and, and belief in a God that has come to meet us and we can encounter him. And that's, that's what we're proposing as Christians <clears throat> that in the context of that, the elements of like Christmas mythos over the centuries in different Catholic cultures, where there's an openness to wonder, um, not positively saying that something is, but say, Hey, legend has it such and such mm-hmm. happened. And I don't know, I haven't seen it, but we, but there's, there's playfulness in that myth. They're open to wonder, open to mystery, open to things that, that are beyond me, open mm-hmm. to miracles. Like I don't know what's going to happen this Christmas night. Mm-hmm. You know, God can work all kinds of injuries. There's a difference there between this weird, positive like we got to make sure the kids believe in this thing that we all know is not true mm-hmm. versus being open like like maybe ways. fairies exist i don't know i haven't seen them but nothing about the universe convinces me that otherwise but there are ways that we are creating um so you know you mentioned i think beautifully that like with jesus christ like you've had an experience of him um with god and and similarly i i have a relationship with god that is not just based on what I know and the knowledge that I've gained, which, you know, makes sense. Like, it's sensible that God exists. It's sensible that Jesus Christ is the incarnation of God. Like, these things make sense Mm -hmm. um, if you you understand uh, all of that. But but, um, it's more than that. It's that I have encountered and have a a personal relationship uh, and, and like, I know, you know, I am known by him and I know, to some extent, him. um, And I've experienced him in prayer, the grace that I've received in, in very, very real ways that are undeniable. Mm-hmm. Um, how is that different than setting up for a child an experience of Santa Claus? Not just like sitting on his lap, you mean? Well, sitting on his lap um, or they receive presents from Santa Claus and they're, they're developing the sense of having experienced a truth uh, in this in this thing that is ultimately a lie. Um, because it is a lie, like this presence from Santa Claus, you know, or rather than this presence from mommy and daddy mm-hmm. who worked our asses off to give it to you, right? Like, uh, I just think that there is, there, we're creating... A gratitude for mommy <laughs> yeah, and Yeah, exactly. Seriously. No, but, but I think that there, there is a real problem in setting up a false experience yeah. because then it calls into question... Well, wait, are these experiences with God also false? Was it just the fog fog machine at this mega church that I went to or mm-hmm. this massive conference? Like, was it, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit and the kick drum that I was feeling or was it actually God? Like, mm-hmm. and I, I think that we have to be really careful and intentional about the experiences that we are falsifying in a spirit of fun and in a spirit like with good intentions mm-hmm. because it ultimately is rooted in falsity mm-hmm. and it doesn't bring them closer to God. Um, it actually has the risk of bring calling into question things that are true in my opinion. Yeah. One of my, uh, one of the nephews that I ruined Santa Claus for, and it was a bit traumatic for them. Sorry again. Um, <laughs> when, when he found out, like he, he was like almost tearing up and he said, but, but mom, what about the Santa tracker? 
and there's like this this app or this this yeah there's yeah. they Google have this Santa lie. tracker Google would never lie and he's like that that's proof like Santa oh ha- why would they and, he, and, why would and they do that when his mom, yeah exactly that's <laughs> what he said when his that? when his mom was like well that's just for the fun of it he's like why would they do that like why would they like why would they lie to us about that you know and so I think it can be traumatic for people um, now on the other hand. Like I am, I am not a person who says you have to swear off fantasy. Like I am a lover of fantasy. I, I, I did, we just recorded an episode on Harry Potter. I love Halloween. I missed the Halloween episode that we did on this show. Yeah. Um, you were sorely missed. Uh, well, yeah. and I sorely missed you guys. Um, like I am, I am, I am, I am a big believer that fantasy and fiction, um, as Tolkien writes in his theory of, of, of fantasy can open our mind to the mysteries of this world. And we kind of go into the wardrobe of Narnia and we come back and we're in, and the world here hasn't changed, but we've changed and we see realities here in a new way. Um, but the difference I see between Halloween and with Santa is we don't tell the kids that the ghosts and the ghouls are real. Right. There's an understanding that the ghosts and the ghouls at Halloween (laughs) are not real. Like it's, it's part of the fun. And so that's, I I think we, I think we have to be careful and I have great respect. Actually, I, um, I have great respect for, for some people who I think they can do Santa well. Um, I'm not of the belief that nobody should do Santa that no, um, like I, I had a Facebook discussion with a lot of my friends last year when my daughter was kind of the first age to really discuss this stuff. And I kind of had a very similar experience where she was asking about Santa. I was like, well, Santa lives a long time ago. And she was like, Santa's dead. And I was like, uh, yeah, but he's with God in heaven. And she, she was upset. Anyway, we, we, we talked about it and she's, she's cool now. Although every once in a while she does still ask, is Santa still dead? And I'm like, yes, I'm bad at explaining things. Um, <laughs> but anyway, part of that conversation, two of my friends who I, I love dearly, my, my, my friend mentor and colleague Ron, who's um, he's an elderly gentleman, and he uh, he taught in our school for many years. He was in the Air Force. He raised twelve kids. He has like thirty some grandkids and a bunch of great grandkids. Um, here, here's what he said, and I don't think he would mind me sharing this. He said Santa is still real to me. He is the spirit of Christmas, the idea of giving, not receiving. He may start out as this in the commercial world of ours as someone who gives things, but as our children mature, he becomes this idea of peace on earth, goodwill to men. As people mature, they can understand things differently, just like I understand math differently as a computer science geek than I did as a first grader. Um, and one of my other my other friends who who is is Catholic and has five kids and another on the way, she said, this is exactly how we explain Santa in our house. I have two who no longer believe in the magic, but it wasn't sad to them. Now they get to be a Santa and a gift giver. When they asked if Santa was real, I said, yes, that he is based off St. Nicholas and anyone who would receive rather than give is also a Santa and living as a saint. And so, and she said it was an easy conversation to have. And now they are, they are the Santas. They get to live as, as a saint. And this is something cool that they get to do for their, their younger siblings. And so, and th- these are people that I know are faithful Catholics. They love Jesus and they're not letting Jesus be trumped by Santa. You know what I mean? And so I, I, I think there is a way to do Santa that is holy and leads people to Christ. Um, I'm not sure that's where I want to focus my energy, but I think, I think it can be done. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, the beauty of a jolly old fat man with a long white beard in this cozy, comfortable North, Co- North Pole. It's a very nice place. If you guys haven't seen it, very nice. I think he is so happy because a baby came into the world in this rude stable, you know, and his joy overflows from that to give gifts to the world. That idea is a beautiful thing if it's rightly understood as subordinate but, and resulting from. But that, doesn't that still 
Isn't that just blatantly dishonesty? I don't think you have to. I mean, but that's the idea of like saying this is what's happening. This is true versus this is what someone would do. Like, why, why is that an important story when you could instead say, hey, we're celebrating the birth of Christ, so we're going to give each other presents. Why does it have to be some man in the North Pole that doesn't exist? I don't think it does. I don't think it does. But, it, I but mean, if there's a way to do it, I'm just saying if there's a way to do it where you're not being dishonest, why not do it the honest way? That is still magical and still beautiful, still a reflection of a giving heart. Like, But I think there's a way to culturally connect with it. I think there's a way to enter into that with the, so many people have. The world has. But I do think there's a way to draw them into that deeper mystery of Christ. Kind of t- take, take this thing that has drifted from Christ and kind of bring it back almost as but a way of like it, evangelization. I don't think it was away from Christ originally. <laughs> you know, I mean, we have the legend of St. Nick who mm-hmm. put, you know, money, a dowry in shoes so a father could help their daughters get married. Like well, it yeah. coming down the chimney. Like there is some reality that it came from. I do think we should talk about the historical St. Nicholas. I think that's relevant. Okay. Hold on, Pete. Were you going to say something a second ago? No, I think that's a good, good okay. point. So mm-hmm. we can, I'll, I'll say it. I'm just listening. It's great. <laughs> no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, okay. So I think, um, <laughs> so it's interesting to hear some of the arguments. I feel like I'm right in the middle between the two wings here. Um, but you're right in the, in the context of like, the power that is present in the incarnation, mm. like we don't need anything else. We don't need to focus on anything else, mm-hmm. but because there is so much power in the incarnation, there develops all these wonderful stories. Yeah. Uh, there develops all these wonderful saints throughout the history of the church, including St. Nicholas. Um, and their legends develop from St. Nicholas to become eventually Santa Claus because the power itself is just so overwhelming from the incarnation. It can't help but create this world of magic and of power. Yes, I use the word magic, but the the world of power from this climactic event of the incarnation Mm -hmm. itself. So I think, I think it can be a both and, and the power that exceeds reality. Uh, What does that mean? I mean, reality, material reality, natural Okay, you know, sure. has a supernatural reality. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, 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 thank you. I think going back to Tenny's point, the, the danger is like once you open the door to the secular, to the, the Santa of the world, um, it becomes really hard to close that door. And this is really personal for me. It's hard for me even to talk about because of my own experience. And like I remember feeling lied to when I found out that Santa wasn't real. And that's like very distinct memory of my childhood, but not everybody has that experience. Right. But I do think of my daughter who's four now and my wife and I, it's also very personal because my wife and I have little differences of opinions on this um, because I wouldn't have done Santa Which at one of all is right? in my house. I, I would <laughs> clearly I believe I'm always right. That's part of the problem with my marriage, oh my um, <laughs> which is my fault. Um, but like my four-year-old daughter right now, so she um, is the sweetest little girl in the entire world. And she like looks up to me and she wants to talk about Santa now and like Santa dropping off all these presents. So I'm getting down to like the practical brass tacks. Like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, do I just say, honey, 
um, you know that story mama told you about Santa like um, oh, no. or you know I mean what if, literally what am I supposed to do or do I say or do I go along with it do I do the well yeah you know we'll see I know Jesus is coming but you know and just not talk about him mm-hmm. like this is a hard thing to do then as a parent because I don't want to so distrust with her relationship with her mom I don't want to just mm-hmm. so distrust with her relationship with me um, so there's a lot of aspects here and I think they're you want to know why this is convoluted there might be a way uh, well, hold on. Let me just finish my. This point. is what lies do. It, um, so, oh, I'm gonna drop the. Mic but do you? Can. But but you play video games with your kids, right? You mm-hmm. show you show them cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, these things aren't real. But you don't present them as. I don't present also. them as real. We are we're having fun. I, I just but, played but, pirates outside with my kids last night, and yeah. uh, we were pretend pirates, and it was really fun. Yeah, but do your kids understand completely when you're doing these pretend things with them or pretend games? Do they always understand that it's completely pretend? Yes. I mean, yeah. but the, they even do if not, they, they don't do always understand, do the intention and the explanation is there to say, hey, no, this isn't real. We were playing it, Mario Kart. They do not think that they are Princess Peach or Mario or Luigi. We were mm. controlling avatars with a controller and racing on a track well i mean that's part of child development right as they go through a phase where they're, they're mm-hmm. not really sure i was like ah, i'm a bear i'm gonna eat you and they get scared like mm-hmm. they really think you're a bear for a second and that's right. part of growing up is yeah. they grow through that and that's part of the parents job mm-hmm. is to help them as they're growing through that four five six seven eight years old is is explaining and helping them delineate between reality and mm-hmm. fantasy and so i think there's something that i, I think why it was kind of traumatic to me and why I felt lied to and why I, I think many of us have had this experience is maybe our parents let it go on too late. But I, why, but why at all? Um, why is it important? Like, why is it so important that we cling to this idea yeah. of deceiving our children about this thing that's unnecessary because Christmas is magical anyway? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where I'm at, but yeah. I, well, I, I try I, to have an open mind about and it. That and, seems to be what the yeah. culture does. And, I, and I'm against that as well. This weird obsession with like, yeah. Children have to positively believe this thing. Now, I, I want to start from the other end, though, because if we, um, you, we have people who positively want will want to insist that the world is merely material, and we don't believe it. We believe in the transcendent reality, mm-hmm. and it's that reality that we've encountered that that we bring back and colors our understanding of the world we live in. You know, we've talked a lot recently on, on various different shows about you know, one of the roles of rea- of uh, fantasy, as Tolkien pointed out, is precisely to awaken us to the realities in our own world. Okay? In our world, there is mm-hmm. providence and free will. There is mm-hmm. good and evil. There is magic in the qualified sense that we've talked about it. There is the transcendent. In fact, that's the more most real thing about our world are mm-hmm. those things. And so with that baptized Christian imagination, that doesn't mean that we walk around positively believing that there are fairies behind every rock, but it also means we walk around not with this sort of smug assumption that I have figured this world out yeah. with Hamlet. We say to Horatio, there are greater things in heaven and earth than you've dreamt of in all your philosophies, mm. you moron. Yeah, like, yeah. like it's a, it's an arrogant, prideful, smug thing to assume that we've exhausted the mystery of this world. Whereas mm-hmm. the Christian comes to the world with humility saying, I don't know there. I know I've encountered God and I know that he's behind this all and he is a great author and there are more mysteries in this world than I know. Mm -hmm. Now with that in mind, I think we can qualify a little bit. Like again, I do not want to lie to my kids. I will not lie to them. Okay. But when they come and ask me, daddy, are unicorns real? It's no lie for me to say, I don't know. Like I have not met a unicorn. But in, in this, like in my particular experience, I have not encountered one, but I have not explored the whole world. I have not explored the other planets. Maybe there's other dimensions. I don't know. What do you mean by real exactly? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You know, 
to positively say no, well, that's more than I can claim for myself. And for Santa Claus. And so for well, Santa no, Claus. Different. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold up here. Ho, ho, ho. St. Nicholas <laughs> was a real historical figure. St. <laughs> Nicholas is alive in the communion of saints. Yeah. Okay. Does St. Nicholas work miracles on Christmas night? Hmm. I Heck can't yeah. know that. Yeah. I know he didn't come to my house and put, I, like, I put those presents under the tree. And if my kids ask me point blank, I'm either going to say, I'm not going to say, or I'm going to say, no, it was me. Well, but I cannot positively <laughs> say what God does or doesn't do through his saints. And in his wisdom and in his authorship of this fantasy world we live in, mm-hmm. I don't know his rules. I don't know his mind. Yeah, but look at, like, uh, recently, the Tim Allen Santa Claus movie. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the two parents, or the, the mother and the stepfather of the kid at the end of the movie, they suddenly believe in Santa Claus. Why? Because he gives them their childhood present that they stopped believing in Santa Claus for that because Santa Claus didn't give it to them. And then suddenly Santa Claus is real. And even within the mythos of that story where Santa Claus is real, he didn't show up and give them the present. And so they stopped believing in him in him. And then as adults, they get these childhood toys that they had asked for decades before. And then suddenly, because they get them now from Tim Allen's version of Santa Claus, they believe in Santa Claus. Who is their father? It's a goofy conception of believing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely it's just, absurd. So, I, I, have, I have two questions that I want to talk about. One, what does an authentic devotion to St. Nicholas look like? Mm-hmm. And how can we have that as part of our Christmas celebrations? And there's the Feast of St. Nicholas. And, but, um, and we can talk a, bit, a little bit about the historical St. Nicholas. Uh, and my second question is when we have kind of these legends that grow up around saints, what do we do with that? Like my confirmation saint is St. George. And the most famous thing about St. George is that he was a dragon slayer, which he definitely did do. Yeah. (laughs) Now, (laughs) now I have in my own kind of understanding is, you know, my, my name is Michael and my St. Michael is often depicted as standing on the devil's head, like stabbing him with a spear. And George is portrayed as stabbing a dragon. So I take that as kind of like my sign from God that like, I am meant to fight evil. I am meant to like fight the devil, punch the devil in the face with, with truth and love Love wherever I see it in the world. Um, and that, that's helpful for me in my spiritual life. So those, those are the two questions I have is, is first, how do we have uh, an authentic devotion to St. Nicholas surrounding Christmas? What does that look like in the right way? And then two, what do we do with these legends that spring up around saints? So, and Santa is so. like way too big. He's way too important. I mm-hmm. think we all agree on that. Yeah. Like the way the whole holiday of Christmas, mm-hmm. Holy Day, is built around Santa is just mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. I think Santa might fit appropriately over here, this small little part of, you know, leading to Christ in the crib. Mm -hmm. And outside of that, you know, if he becomes central, that's Mm -hmm. not authentic. What what do we know about St. Nicholas? Like for people that I know a little bit about St. Nicholas. He was a bishop in, he's like in the 300s. He was at the Council of Mm -hmm. Nicaea, right? Mm -hmm. Was it was know. it Arius? Yeah, Arius the heretic. He, he punched, punched him. Yeah, in punched Arius. He punched Arius in the face at the Council of Nicaea. He was yeah. really mad. He apologized, I think. Yeah, there, there were, and there were there were uh, you know stories about him doing acts of kindness. Mm-hmm. You know, sneaking in and giving uh, gifts to you know a family where the it was poor. The daughters were getting sent off or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's, it put it in their know, shoes. That's where the stockings. Yeah, that's what you were from. saying about you know Saint Michael and all that and feeling mm-hmm. like 
you know, you feel called to live that out similarly because your name is Michael. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm meant to be kind and giving and punch heretics in the face. But I'm also because you're Nicholas. Nicholas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> that, that fits there. But apologize. But apologize. <laughs> yes. And again, so with some of the saints, again, we have some some of these these legends where mm -hmm. the church is not going to say there was definitely a dragon and George definitely killed him. Mm -hmm. But it also would be silly for the church to to rule it out. Like the church has no grounds for that. I wasn't there. I haven't a time machine to go back and mm -hmm. see that. There are more things in heaven and earth than I've dreamt of in all of my philosophy. I know that mm -hmm. the saints worked miracles. Yeah. God worked miracles through them. I know that there are crazy things out there that haven't, that I didn't experience, but they're true nonetheless. Mm -hmm. So I think that, again, th there is a, a room in there without positively saying, I definitely know this thing is for sure true to say, mm -hmm. you know, God has worked amazing things out there. And there are some stories around these things. I don't know if that really happened. But I know it could happen if God wanted it to. But I think that, that we have to operate with what we do know, because there are things we don't know that we have to acknowledge and live according to that acknowledgement. But we we have to also reconcile our lives with what we do know. Right. Keeping those distinct and, and, and communicating we, them. But one of the things we know, yeah, I think, in a sense, preeminently, is the commandments. And a commandment, which I think we cannot you know, manipulate our way out of is to not lie, to not bear false witness. And at what point are we then um, uh, submitting or surrendering a part of the integrity of following that commandment to, 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 for some reason, hang on to this thing because it's cultural and it's fun and it's, you know, mythical, even if we're doing it in some rightly ordered way or how far is too far who's Question. defining what is rightly ordered in in this mm -hmm. thing that is blatantly a lie in the first place mm -hmm. so and, and the lie part of it is not like you know this mysterious you know saying you know somehow finding a good way to have a devotion to saint I nicholas the lie part of it is any implication any any um lending to this to this to this uh falsity that someone other than me is giving you the presence when it was me and that was truth why would i bear like you know where is the the white lie i think acceptable this is where i think you're limiting truth a little bit so i i think it's a lot to call it a blatant lie you know i think there it is an overgrown truth there is falsehoods in it yeah but who can Absolutely. draw those lines who has the right to draw i think those we lines? all have the responsibility to do it ourselves and it, to try and sort through what is good and what is not well Prince. we have to again there's a, there's it's a messy thing because we we have it's i think it is difficult to start from the place where the culture has again what i call this kind of the santa cult mm -hmm. the way the movies portray this weird obsession with trying to convince kids to to just believe in santa mm -hmm. i think it's hard to, to start there and then walk that back to christianity mm -hmm. and I, I think there really is a real issue there i don't think there's necessarily an issue with me with, with um, Teresa and I, so my wife and I, in the construction of our domestic liturgy of Christmas, you know, you know, intentionally say, you know, leaving some mystery around presents, saying it doesn't really matter where these pre the presents came from. On Christmas morning, presents show up. Okay, and if you ask me where, like, I'm not going to say these, you know, this came from X, Y, or Z. But there's there's something about anonymous giving. That's a bit of the spirit of the holiday, like receiving something I didn't deserve. You know, to leave that there. Um, that's very different than I think starting from this, the, again, the Santa cult and trying to Christianize it. You know, like we, we emphasize on Christmas night that we, one of the patrons of this holiday is uh, St. Nicholas. He did X, Y, and Z. For all I know, he may still work miracles. Um, you, you, <laughs> I've, I think all my kids already know that Santa 
that they, they don't think that Santa Claus brings presents on that because they've all asked me at some point and said, no, that's, but Santa, but St. Nicholas is real. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, miracles still happen in the world. Okay. So like, I'm not going to limit God's glory, God's ability, <clears throat> but you asked me about that present you got. Yeah. I gave that to you. Mm-hmm. But St. Nicholas pray for us. Well, it also goes back to yeah. the, the thing you, you said about Halloween and just to clarify a statement that you said, we, we don't present Halloween as, as the kids believing the ghosts and goblins. You said something about mm-hmm. that. Well, we don't want them. We're not trying to insist that they believe that the ghosts and goblins they're seeing of the other kids dressed up yeah. are ghosts and goblins. Mm-hmm. But I believe in ghosts and goblins. Mm-hmm. I believe in evil spirits. I believe there is okay. evil yeah, out I, there. I don't, yeah. and I don't know the extent of that evil. I don't know the forms of those evil. Yeah. I think it was Chesterton who famously said, we don't have dragons in fantasy. I'm butchering the thing to mm-hmm. convince children that dragons exist that's not the important aspect of it is that dragons can be killed that's the mm. reason that we have those interesting because that's the reality of the world there is evil i don't know what form it takes i don't know every form evil has mm-hmm. taken i don't know the extent of that but i do know that evil exists and it can be conquered mm-hmm. that's the salient point here those are real those are real things mm-hmm. i don't know the details but those two are things are realities mm-hmm. and when i got going back to what i said about the idea of saint nick I think there's a big distinction between simply saying like Santa Claus is real in this way and he is bringing you gifts and putting it under the tree specifically versus having that story, that overgrown truth or, you know, the goodness of the story and having that be a part of Christmas. You know, one is saying Santa is is real in this definitive way. Another one is that that legend, that mythos where you don't go and say basically – I don't, you don't have to lie to your kids about it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like you, I think you can have Santa and not lie. And you, I mean, I think where you come from is like, why would you indulge in this at all? There's no good. I'm not saying you're saying there's no good. I think I just almost said that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you are, but I say, why would you indulge in it? If so many people get confused? Yeah, I'm definitely not saying there's no good. What I'm proposing is I'm not seeing clearly what the necessity is to indulge in an untruth when the truth is so beautiful and powerful but is that, i mean i think santa as a story and a myth as a legend is good right but 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 the application is important is messy to do without sacrificing integrity and trust from your children in the future potentially it's it's not that it's impossible like what we've been talking about but it is so messy and and easy to accidentally end up doing it poorly um, or, or with a lack of integrity on some level. The other thing that we haven't really addressed directly, and I'm wondering if this is something you guys are encountering with the tension you're, you're wrestling with. Elves. <laughs> Elves. Um, Sorry. No, is, is there, so there's the societal uh, obsession and, and pressure. But the other thing here is like a generational thing that, you know, we, we, we uh, I know of people that have wrestled with like, we have to live out the traditions that have been in my family and this is how we did it and blah, blah, blah. And like, that can also be like, how many things did every, has every family done that really shouldn't be done again? You know, like it, we, we have this um, obsession with like clinging to what we experienced as kids and our kids need to have the same thing. And no, that isn't necessarily true that it has to be that way. But I don't think it has to be thrown yeah, well, out either. And I like the way I, the word you used was uh, your your family's, your household's liturgy, uh, your your way of 
uh, we it's like a it's like a game in our house like we we've never we have never positively you know like we've never tried to get our kids to believe in santa claus we've tried very hard to get them to believe in what we believe in which is christ and his revelation those mm-hmm. kind of things we we sort of play a game about saint nicholas day where we're, we're not trying to make a big deal out of trying to get them to believe this no but we put stuff in their shoes and they say where did this stuff did saint nicholas begin? i don't know yeah you know, and they all kind of know this is a fun game we play mm-hmm. because we really believe in St. Nicholas and we really believe in God and we really believe that miracles happen. But this is a fun little liturgical game that we play that, that mm-hmm. points to those those realities, even though this thing is clearly a game. Like everybody yeah. kind of gets that. My kids get December 6th, right? Is St. Nicholas I think Day? It's, yeah. December 6th. Uh, Were you going to say something? Somewhere in there. Eighth is Immaculate Conception. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's really interesting for me because normally I would be on your side uh, in the context. And I think like the way that you're arguing is very effective concerning not lying to our children. However, I think there's part of me that just wants to acknowledge that as kids are growing up and they're developing, um, there are just some things that, that happen as they're growing that we don't want to crush their spirit with complete dead on like hard fact. And so I, I appreciate the way that you're approaching it saying, well, I, I, I don't know, but like, that's not lying. Right. Right. I really don't know. Like, I want to emphasize yeah. this here. What is lying? What's not lying? Lying is positively saying something that I believe that I know is not true. Yeah. And there's so, nuance. There. So like the other night, my two-year-old John Paul, we went outside with our flashlights and we're like, let's go look at the stars. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause this is going to be a fun experience for our kids. Mm-hmm. And so John Paul, because he's a little bit young, he's having trouble finding the stars. We turn off the flashlights. Gianna can see that they're up above. John Paul sees the streetlight. And unlike Gianna, he hasn't been able to find a star the whole night, but he sees the streetlight and he's like, it's a star. <laughs> like now I could come down and be really honest in that moment and be like, John Paul, that's a streetlight. That is not a star. And I can see him cry the rest of the evening because he thought he saw a star. Finally, yeah. Or I could say, wow, buddy, great job. You know? yeah. And like, so he's born to the wonder of wanting to search farther into the sky mm-hmm. for stars. That's awesome. And so I think Santa in the same way, nothing is irredeemable. And yes, we've gone so far away from the incarnation, but we can find seeds of the word, even in the Santa story, the, the, mm-hmm. the giving, the, the caring for others, the bringing gifts to others, the Santa kneeling at Jesus, like even Santa himself can be redeemed. If we direct Santa, we direct everything in our lives, including fantasy, Mm-hmm. back to the point of reality and truth itself which is christ jesus christ Amen. but there is yeah. a so, difference yeah. between santa and the streetlight yeah. what, no analogy is 100 can i say a, something about his point before we go to something else sure. is is and i think there are so many beautiful things within our church that we kind of neglect in terms of observing christmas like there's mm-hmm. the whole season of advent mm-hmm. and there's beautiful ways to celebrate advent with the jesse tree and advent calendars mm-hmm. and season of waiting and hymns and um you know my brother uh, they during advent they do a, a silent moment at night of prayer where they just light a candle and turn off all the lights and they just sit in silence for a few mm-hmm. minutes each night there's beautiful ways to celebrate advent and then celebrating christmas through all 12 days and yes. celebrating the epiphany um my, my family we often do in Law, in-laws on Christmas and then the epiphany is like the tenny time to, to celebrate and it's a great way to celebrate the full Christmas season and I know I think in the Eastern uh, churches sometimes they celebrate it all the way until the presentation of the Lord in February like leave your Christmas lights up leave those trees up yeah. like there's so many yeah. awesome ways to yeah. celebrate Christmas that are fun that are magical that are beautiful and point to Christ and I think yeah. that that is the key point is mm-hmm. not I'm not anti-Santa it's all got to come back to Christ. Yeah. It's all got to come back to Christ. I'm a little bit anti-Santa. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but but the reason <laughs> is actually what the reason for that is is largely depicted in the example you gave about the streetlight because your son knows that there are stars and he was seeking out the beauty of the stars and he found a shining light that that was beautiful right um, left to his own devices that's where he landed um, children left to their own devices would never come to the conclusion of Santa. They have to get lied to at some point to wonder about and seek out Santa. Lie is still a strong word here. Kids, kids play in fantasy. I mean, that's again, it's, it's how they learn and grow. And so um, maybe Santa wouldn't exist if people didn't tell them, but there would still be other fantasy that kids yeah, where'd those simply originally were those fun, that fun, but I, but I feel like the difference is, is the same with like your question about the video games and stuff. It's like, you know, my daughter, um, because we, we do play games and, and watch, you know, fun kids movies and stuff that have some magic in them. Like she'll ask like, Hey, is that real? And I'll say, uh, it's, it's there, there's real magic. She'll ask like, it's magic real. And I'll say, well, there's real magic and power in, in God and the Holy spirit and the way that, um, he moves in our lives. And some of the saints have done really amazing things and I'll end up point, you know, redirecting towards what is true. Um, but I won't say that by getting that amulet, you know, you can do whatever. Like, I, I just think that you can redirect to truth and like, the light thing, you were right to not be like, no, you're wrong, John Paul. Like, um, but there's a huge difference between that and Santa because with Santa, you have to literally plant the seed of believing in that for that to even be a question. Yeah, well, I mean, but what the argument you just made is a reason why not to show your daughter the amulet because you've planted a seed there which she didn't know about before. So in that case, the argument you're making, she should not be playing those video games, which lead them away to anything that doesn't point to Christ. So no, because Nick. you're defining. <laughs> no, because you're defining the truth of it. You're not allowing her to bask in. I'm not going to be like, yeah, maybe there is that magic. Maybe you could go do that but, thing in real life. But oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, here's the difference: is as your son grows up, naturally he's going to know what a star is. Like, mm -hmm. And it would be wrong of you to say, no, that streetlight really is a star. Like if you persisted in trying yeah. to convince him that exactly. that was a star. And I think that's sometimes what people do with Santa. There exactly. is, And so that's that's the mistake. Like it's okay mm -hmm. to play in fantasy. It's okay for kids as they're going through that stage of development to have some confusion about what's real and what's not. But again, it's our job as parents to guide them through that and help them to see how the myth points to the reality. Well, and again, yeah. as long as we keep the reality, we're not – because again, there's, there's two – approaches to reality here. One is the materialist sort of everything is less than it seems. Your reason is merely rationalization. Your love is merely lust. This couch is merely atoms and molecules. No, when every time we say it's merely this, that's always wrong. Mm -hmm. Everything we encounter is actually more than it seems. Mm. Human beings are not merely what they're made of. In, in, in Don, in the Don Treader, Chronicles of Narnia, the Don Treader, they encounter a star in in Narnia, and in the, in that in that fantasy world, in that uh, universe, the stars are their personalities, their people. It came, the star came down, and they met the star, and the, and the kid remarks, "Wow, that's amazing! The stars are uh, are people in this world, and, and back in our world, they're just." balls of burning gas and stuff mm -hmm. and it starts like oh oh honey you know <laughs> even in your world that's what they're made of that's not all they are that's Ooh. awesome and i might have messed up the quote a little bit yeah. but the no, point being great. anytime say it's merely this no no no, no. everything every bit of this world yeah. is more than it seems and so yeah. more than the some of its parts that's the reality you want you you, you know and so i think lying is antithetical to that i think mm -hmm. outright trying to get them to believe something you really don't think is true is wrong with that but 
but approaching reality and talking about reality in such a way that what we're trying to to set up a right relation to reality which is that it's wonder it's always expecting mm-hmm. there's more for me to discover there's more to god's mystery there's more to his providence there's more to this amazing story we find ourselves mm-hmm. in that i i try to promote my kids every t- place i can because i really think that that is the way it is mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. The good news is, guys, that we saved the world and we got to the bottom of this, and I'm right. So, wrong. Um, <laughs> guys, thanks so much for uh, joining me today. I hope that um, for you know viewers, listeners, that this was uh, edifying for you, and that you were able to kind of grapple with the different uh, angles on this question. Um, ultimately, though, it all is, is you know it stems in truth and in the glory of God and the beauty of the incarnation. And um, you know, take what you heard today. Uh, and, and do with it what you will in your homes, uh, in the liturgy of the way your household celebrates Christmas. Um, and, uh, you know, let us know uh, which one of us you're going to side with. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, at the time of this filming, it's not quite Advent yet, but by the time you see this, it will be. So happy Advent and Merry Christmas yes. to all of you and to all yeah. of you gentlemen. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for being here with us, guys. And um, Teddy, if you want to bring us home. Yeah. St. Nicholas, pray for us. Amen. Uh, thank you for watching the men's show on Awaken Catholic. If you like this show and shows like it, if there's somebody you know that would benefit from what we've said here, please send them a text and say, hey, I think you'd like this show. Share it on your social stories. Um, that's a great way to help spread the show. Um, you can always like, subscribe, rate, review. All that stuff helps us. Um, and the biggest way that you can help us, if you want to, in a very real way help us out is go to awakencatholic.org slash donate and become a monthly donor uh, make that that part of your donations and, and and your tithing is support our efforts here and um you become part of the awakened nation and you gain acts not only are you doing great things for the for the kingdom of god and spreading truth goody truth goody truth beauty and goodness uh but you also are helping out the people here and um you will also gain access to premium content talks from show hosts and presenters from awakened catholic like me and others here um so please go do that. You can also download the Awaken app by not going to the app store, but by going to theawakenapp.io. That's the only place you can get our, our app and the community is growing. We're up over a hundred members right now. We have cool little discussions with, with, with fans of the show and, and part of the community members and different show hosts. Uh, we talk about upcoming shows and past shows and all that. And it's great. And if you are part of that Awaken Nation by making a monthly donation, you get a second tier of the app. You get premium content. Um, so also you can download the Halo app and get a free month of of premium by going to hallow.app slash awaken that helps us out and it also will help out your prayer life um god bless you merry christmas we'll see you next time this show and all media on awaken catholic is made possible by the awaken nation and the hollow app the awaken nation is a community of people like you who support all things awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org slash donate Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app slash awaken.